Well, guys, welcome to the Beef Squashed podcast. Oh my god! You know, uh, is that is that the wrong title? Beef Squashed. Yeah, that's, I, no, I, that's why I'm here. Why? What did you guys come here for? <laughs> yeah, I actually I came own... here for the Pornhub Anonymous. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, <laughs> are you recording? I am. <laughs> Damn it. I am. Um, but that's all right. Yeah, that stays in. I actually own yeah. like I own like 36 properties. That's why you know, oh, I get okay. them jumbled up. You know me. I have like seven Instagram accounts. Right. Can you hear my chair hitting the floor? Slightly, but it doesn't bother me. I'll do that. I'm just, yeah. I'm just gonna, I'll just do this the whole time. Yeah, I'm just gonna do this the whole time. Gotcha. Well, guys, this is episode two of the Paperback League podcast. I've got the Lord of the Lane with me. Well, Nathan Lord Zach Lane. Thank you guys for being on the show. We're gonna talk horror tonight, whatever that is, whatever that means. Um, maybe we could start off with either of you guys just sharing a little bit about yourself and how you relate to the topic that we're going over tonight in its very broad spectrum. Well, uh, the one thing I think your title of us didn't comprehend for listeners is that we are actually just one person with two heads and two mm. personalities. Yeah, it's we're just, like... We're uh, the Lord of the Lane. We're just one thing. Right. We just kind of wander around. Season four of American Horror Story. Yeah. The twins, that's us. Yeah, but we have different us, so. faces. Gotcha. So. so does that change the payment for tonight? Um, I mean, I was You're under the impression. Yeah, exactly. That's, you know. Oh, right. well, now, now I want to get paid. Yeah. But, well, you know, our, our freakish nature helps us relate even more to the horror genre, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it means a lot to both of us. Zach, do you want to start telling the people what it is? Yeah, I just want to know when we're getting paid, when the money's coming, where the check's coming in, you know. you've Have you already sold out? I mean, I've been there. I've been oh. there since the day I was born. Yeah. Bills, so, right? Yeah. Student you're, loans. You're talking to exactly. a published horror That's, author here. Stop. That's the <laughs> real horror here. That. Student yeah. loans. <laughs> that in itself. That's what we're really here to talk about. Can we just do a dissertation on the uh, Patriot Act episode on student loans? Yeah. That would be. We should be f- recording this on the intramural field where murders have happened. Supposedly. Oh. Okay. Wait, is that real? Oh, no. I mean, all of West Palm is like well, that kind too. of a murder that too. A, a burial ground? Yeah, yeah, especially Tamarind. No, oh, it, boy. It, the No joke, the field used to have this house on it. Is it the Riddle House? I can't remember. It's at the fairgrounds, like, okay. year-round now. That's its new permanent location. Hmm. Um, it was a house that used to be a female dorm for PVA. Yeah. And if you, if you buy into, like, psychics and people who can sense where people have died, there's... Hmm. I've seen like an episode of a ghost show where like they they go to either the parking lot or that field and yeah. follow a psychic around and she's like here's where the house was and here's where people got killed. That's insane. I did not so, know that. So That's- is this officially a everything nothing episode then? Because <laughs> horror in our city. Yeah, in our city, <laughs> two episodes combined. Speaking of being haunted, I could you know. Sorry, I could what still is everything the, nothing? I could still hear the cries <laughs> of people who want that show back. Yeah, same. Um, Sorry, we totally derailed. I can totally go into like yeah, go ahead. Um, Yeah, so horror for me is uh, always been like a huge part of my life. I don't know. I still don't know the psychology behind why I love being scared or creeped out, or I don't. I don't know why it connects with like my humanity so much. I think there's like definitely balanced forms of horror that I subscribe to more than just pure like gore yeah. fest, you know, or like stuff that's just creepy on its own. But uh I don't know, it's something I've always connected with. Um and you know, all the way from like 
seeing Jurassic Park 3 when I was young and not being able to sleep at night to all the way to like midsummer today, you know, and also not being able to sleep at night. So, um, yeah, that's kind of. So it's kind of a, a, a personal experience turned into somewhat of an enjoyment. Yeah. I always hear, I've heard, watched a bunch of interviews with like actors and people like specifically in horror movies um, that get interviewed. It's like, have you always loved horror movies? He goes, no, like my dad just showed, would show me horror movies as a kid and it terrified me, but now they grew up to like love it. And I do, I'm very interested in that whole yeah. dynamic, why we grow to love it or why it's like such a comfort almost in a way. I, I grew up the opposite. I hated horror. I avoided it. I was... Um, in like kindergarten and just seeing like like young adult horror books on the shelf like the covers just weirded me out and like in the middle of our the library time like I asked the librarian like why do you have these books and she just stares at me and goes because some people like to read them <laughs> and that that that's all it is and that's about the best explanation I have for why I like horror now yeah. um, and it start it started with books and I think I kind of worked my way up into movies and i don't know that there's a particular reason i like horror more than i like anything else but at, at this phase in my life it's just it's something i've avoided for so many years now i'm in the the throngs of it and i want to be like immersed and make up for all of these years that i that i haven't had to experience that is it is it sort of an action where you didn't you didn't venture into it your whole life and now you have that option so it's kind of a rebellious direction of how you grew up was that like something your family just like oh no horror or is that your choice you just wanted to be away from it no it, it was my choice okay um i'd be very easily jarred and startled and kept up at night so by rl rl stein was, that was the, those were the books it was yeah. goosebump books that i was weirded out by originally mm. and i i own maybe like 50 of them now Mm. or have acquired them like wow. 10 years ago um so it, it was always just a choice thing it was just i guess like a survival instinct like my life will be smoother if i don't pay attention to this and don't mm. look at this and i can sleep at night and things are fine i.e existential dread yeah I, I, you just reminded me of like reading rl stein that was probably the i did that before seeing like anything scary or like whatever. i mean that's the gateway that, yeah that was my gateway it's the gateway it absolutely the gateway of, uh, horror man what what was like do y'all remember like specific books or or like episodes of the show that you remember watching i mean for me not specifically the show um i remember seeing the covers of the books and it would freak me out mm. and just the last paragraphs and sentences mm -hmm. of each chapter yeah. or each little story was like what the hell you know being seven eight nine ten years old mm -hmm. and then for sure um oh, i'm gonna butcher the name it's it's that it was a collection of stories scary stories to tell in the dark yeah, yeah. which is a movie adaptation that was a game changer for me yeah that was where i wasn't afraid anymore to read about it, it for me it was more seeing i couldn't really okay. see it for a while yeah and then you know maybe around like high school college that's when i'd say you know what i'm just gonna go see horror films and yeah. it sucked at first because the whole suspense but then you realize maybe going over a little bit but you realize there's a cadence and a rhythm to mm -hmm. hollywood horror mm -hmm. movies we can get into that but yeah. i'm sure we mm -hmm. will 
Yeah. I should have brought my, I have the whole collection of scary stories to tell in the dark in like one book. I should have brought that. I think that's timeless. Any age you can read that. Yeah. It's crazy like that people would specifically like that author and then like R.L. Stein himself wrote like horror novels for children, you know, like that's so it's such an interesting idea that like, what does that do? Like, I know I'm sure there were there was plenty of backlash to R.L. Stein. I've never seen a documentary on like, you know, the devil, uh, you know, that he was or like people blaming him for like school shootings or anything like that. But really? Yeah, I haven't seen anything like that, but I'm sure that happened because I don't I don't even know how old some of those books are. But maybe it was catharsis for some people going through stuff, maybe reading something worse. Maybe. That's why we watch dramas and yeah, stuff like that. Scandal. So scandal. Scandal. <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, so you guys you guys primarily write horror like what percentage would you say out of the projects you're doing right now? Cause you know, for the listeners, the three of us are active writers. Um, what would you say that percentage is with the genre? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I would say that right now I, I think my writing kind of bridges into a couple different genres. Um, I think yeah. horror being the sweeping generalized one, um but you know family drama and and all kinds of other you know some some humor and stuff like that i think a a balanced horror looks better than than just something that's just scary yeah and horror Uh, i feel like has such a huge web right and it can Mm -hmm. fall into all these different things right yeah so i i tend to stick to like more of like an in-between phase but i tend to like be drawn to stuff like tinged with like something creepy or scary Gotcha. I I would agree. I'm at a place for most of the projects that I'm interested in working on are horror based or like Zach said, kind of twinged in that way, that darker element, even if it's not uh, something outright filled with scares. Gotcha. And do you feel like with that kind of work, is there a, uh, a cadence in the way that you write? Is it structured? Or are you learning that it's very malleable? Because I know with, with horror things, you kind of have to set things up. They come out. There's ramifications. There may not be, you know, you can leave the reader just guessing what happened. What What do you feel like your, how's that impacted your writing style? Like the, like how we can stretch horror? Yeah, how do you write it? How do you pace it? Um, because from for what I see, especially in movies, there's kind of like this set structure, right. you know? Uh, also, want to add that I have not seen a lot of the great horror movies that have come out in the last couple of years. But what I've seen <laughs> is that um, there is a cadence to it. And I know with writing and reading, it's different. But I'm just asking you guys if if you have discovered a certain pattern to your writing for horror or is it just kind of malleable? What is it? I don't know. I, I, I don't feel like I've done a lot with it. I mean, I guess you could count each of the short stories I did as like an attempt at a horror piece. I mean, they all are, yeah. Yeah, but um, I don't know. It, it's kind of different. I think maybe the sh- short stories were a little more formulaic because it was kind of my start into it, and I didn't really know what I was doing. I just wanted to try my hand at it. I'm still proud of some of it, but it, it definitely did fit that, you know, like scare tactic formula of like building the suspense and then putting a 
some type of a jump scare or something creepy or whatever. But in the most recent project I did, I think I found it to be more of an organic thing. And I think I've kind of strayed into the realm of suspense over jump scare or over straight scare in general. Because I think the creepiest thing is like giving enough information, but not all of it, you know, and like building that suspense over time and kind of sprinkling in stuff until like the end of a project and stuff like that. Like, I think one of the best uh, versions of something like that is like the Babadook as a, as a movie is wonderfully suspenseful all the way through. And then you get this huge payoff at the end, but it doesn't feel like it doesn't, uh, I've actually watched this video. I know this answer is long. Uh, there's this video about the science behind like jump scares and stuff like that and what it does to the brain and, and, and your expectations. It's so like you're building suspense, which is what's creepy, right? That's the thing that you're scared. You're like waiting for something to jump out or you're waiting for somebody to die or something like that. You see the killer and you don't know, you know, when the person, when the main character is going to discover them and stuff. So it's the suspense and then you get the jump scare, which then is like a relief because it's happened, you know, you've seen it. And so there's this relief structure. And as time goes on, that that level of suspense is less and less because you know it's coming and the expectation is there. Um, and it no longer becomes an almost it's the expectation is that it's going to happen versus like you don't know, like it's unknown. And so the great thing about building suspense over an entire movie is you don't know when it's going to pop off. And so that's what's scarier about it is like just on a scientific level of like endorphins and things like that, um, which makes suspense, I think, the the more skilled horror you know, on any level. Certainly. Yeah. yeah. Alfred should chalk much. <laughs> honestly i've never seen a single thing that he, that, that's, he his whole, that's his whole <laughs> I know. philosophy like everything yeah. that you just said okay is is just suspense over like mm. i don't i don't know what to call them not i don't want to say jump scares but yeah. just the more punchy right the more punchy the more straight gotcha moments straight scares yeah i mean yeah if that's his philosophy then i 100 percent agree with it yeah but. cool i mean man I, I've seen some, so what was it? This was high school. I saw a movie called, was it Mirrors? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That movie at the time, that was when I started going to see horror films. Mm -hmm. Scared the crap out of me. Yeah. You know, if I were to go see it now, it, it wouldn't really do much because right. I got into, for me, scarier stuff. Mm -hmm. That, you know, it's not things that I stay up at night about, but, um, Things like Paranormal Activity, the first one. Mm -hmm. That one has a special place for me, regardless if it was huge cash crop and everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, the Conjuring movies, those are great. Um, Insidious, mm -hmm. one and two. And four. Did you, okay, I haven't seen four. Good. I, yeah. I think so. I just, I, I grew to like want to go see those movies and mm -hmm. throw myself into the fray with that. I, mm -hmm. I see those movies as like, I'm going to go through an experience that's also a story, but I'm going to feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I'm attracted to that kind of environment. Um, but what are some of the movies that you guys have seen recently that, I mean, you would either recommend to me or anybody listening that have kind of shown a, a, a change in horror films, a more mature um, exposition of horror films? Because I, you know, last 10 years we've seen just repeats and repeats and repeats and and it's an industry that's just pouring out movies to get money 
No. Okay. <laughs> He's like, there are no movies in my radar. Um, let's see. Well, I already mentioned the Babadook, which is like probably number one on my list. It's honestly, it's in my top ten favorite movies alone, let alone like just horror. Um, I mean, you have a tattoo. Yes, I literally have a tattoo of the Babadook. Not because I just love the movie, other reasons, but um, I I think horror movies are starting to develop this conscious to them and i there's very few and far between of a lot of older horror i don't really love anything older than like i don't know the 2000s honestly um there isn't like a lot of horror movies that i've seen i don't know i can't think of a single yeah, one honestly. i mean classic horror is kind of like a, a cult classic type yeah, thing now it's fine like i saw the exorcist and i'm like i just think we're doing better things now but i know for its time i can appreciate it but i'm just i'm also wasn't a big horror film buff when i was a lot younger you know i didn't know what that was like and now i look back and i just don't really care much for that i'm just grateful for that that they brought us to the place that we're in now but i think a lot of psychological horror is having its day whereas i think like the 80s and 90s and even like the saw era of horror movies it was so oh much oh my god and they pounded out what eight nine of them so many and they're probably not done i they're it, not they're not done okay they, there's one in production right oh jeez like it's so unnecessary but it's gore porn that's all that is it's just gore, like, porn, gore porn is the phrase of this episode that's exactly what those movies are they're cashing in on somebody wants to go you know take their date or like just take their friends to go see this dumb movie that has no, almost no plot, no psychological value. It's just people killing each other. And some people enjoy that. And I think there are people who would argue with me, you know, about like, you know, the uh, Friday the 13th movies and like all the killer slasher movies, which I've just never connected to on any level. But yeah. I think that connects on a, a the basis of fear and, yeah. and nighttime being vulnerable, yeah. you know, classic right. summer feel. Yeah. And I just don't, I, I also just don't find people horror, I guess, ones that aren't tinged with like some supernatural element to them. I just don't find those scary. But I also think that a lot of those movies have played so heavily into like just what, what's popular in culture and not so much like making like a decent film. But The Babadook, I think, was like a big change for me in just seeing horror in a different light. It was like a psych, one of the first psychological horrors I had ever seen um, that played with a huge metaphor with grief and depression and seeing the movie as a vehicle to like tell a bigger story than it just being scary, which I think is, I think horror can do so well because it is so visceral. Um, it can really get down to like the, the horrible stuff we deal with. And yeah, like sometimes it, horror nothing. is reality. Yeah. You it, know, no, exactly. That's what's so scary about it is like the Babadook is like someone, someone like me who has depression. Um, it's how I feel, you know, it, I connect with it so deeply because I recognize so much of the emotion in the movie and what depression really is to me is like a monster, you know? Um, but I mean, just like to mention, and, and I'm sure Nathan can talk about these two is, um, Ari Aster's two horror movies he's done so far, which is a uh, hereditary and midsummer, which are psychological horrors for sure. Um, with a little more, I don't know. I don't. I can't even call his movies traditional. They are. I think they're a new breed all into their own. They're yeah. like that is the epitome of like. I think maybe even more so of a suspense thriller esque like make you shit your pants kind of uh, just like creepy unsettling factor. Um, 
leave you feeling like you leave a horror movie like wow that was good you you leave his films like i feel bad inside. like you had a three cheese pizza <laughs> yeah, from like a local joint like three three cheese pizzas all by yourself yeah. um yeah those ones are just like those play on like your deepest darkest fears i think like those have visceral reactions from people um those are some that i've seen i don't know if you if you want to talk about hereditary or midsummer and what you thought about them or um i I can move on to something else for listeners. Zach has an entire list here. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to jump in. He's got he's got The Witch on his list, which would be one of mine if Zach hadn't brought it up first. Yeah. Um, that was a recent one from a couple, two or three years ago. The Witch? The Witch. Yeah. Or I heard of I have, I don't remember who calls it this. I have a friend who jokingly calls it The Vivitch. Because the mm. title's written like two V's, oh, ah. yeah. so if you're trying to find it and you can't That's find a, a movie modern called thing. The Witch, it's The Vitch yeah. with two V's. Hmm. Um, but that was that was a good one. Sorry, was there a question? Or are we just like talking about? We're just talking shit for forty five minutes. Okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> I like I like talking shit. Like, how is uh, a lot of these newer? So, like The Witch being one of them. How has it kind of changed horror, or what what are we seeing as a trend now, becoming more and more popular? I don't I don't know if we are I still feel like the the vast majority of of movies that come out are I don't want to be derogatory but like jump scare paloozas because that's what sells that's what gets the most money so I think that's what yeah with the commercials where they put uh night cams in theaters Mm -hmm. and show Mm -hmm. people getting scared yeah I'm sure they did that for every showing too yeah have you all seen that countdown trailer or like countdown like advertisement thing? Yeah, like, where it's like, too. oh, I have two days. I didn't to watch go. it. On it, seriously, is it? Does it look good? I have. I didn't watch the trailer. You saw the movie? No, I, I didn't. Uh, I don't even know when it's out. I want it. I saw the trailer once, and I was like, oh, that looks like fun. Mm. Like I'll go see that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I used to have a, a tradition with my best friend back home in Virginia, where doesn't matter what horror movie was out, we would just go see it. Because mm-hmm. I don't know, we just loved horror movies. That's what it, people do. Yeah, you just go. That's see why them. you. That's why you get so many like jump scare films and get right. franchise films because people, people will go see it to go see it. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I I guess for me, maybe because I'm more tuned in to stuff that like you and I love to go see and watch stuff like what Ari Aster is doing, and I don't forget the name of the director for Babadook, but Jennifer um, Kent. Yeah, Jennifer Kent. What like what they're doing right now. Um, I, I I didn't see any of that. Like there was a lot of times growing up where I was really delving into like horror and it had to be when I was looking up these movies or whatever, I had to find, it was still like older stuff. That was the only mm-hmm. stuff people would point to. People do YouTube videos of like indie horror films or horror films that do something different than like your jump scare palooza, like Nathan was saying. And there's a lot of or a lot of older movies like Rosemary's baby and stuff like that. that were just doing something a little different. Um, but I feel like now we're seeing I to me it's exponentially more movies that are like horror movies that are doing something different that are pressing the envelope of like what horror could be. Yeah. You know. Because horror is like you know, for one thing I said before, it's it could be reality, but also it's itself. It's like mm-hmm. who you are and what's inside and what the world doesn't really know about a person or a thing. And right. that's getting to that emotional layer yeah. is very scary. Yeah. Um, to derail you guys a little bit please what do you think when you hear that you know the marvel cinematic universe is attempting to do a horror film with dr strange multiverse of madness what do you think what comes to mind and what do you expect 
based on we're all caught up right on the mcu uh movie train mm-hmm. yeah because i'm excited for that one yeah. but when they say horror i'm like i mean i mean what do you think you're probably the most involved in the marvel world out of the three of us maybe yeah yeah definitely so what are your thoughts on that um you know i mean I don't know, because, I mean, in Spider-Man Far From Home, there was kind of like a sequence where, um, you know, Peter's seeing the, you know, the ghosts of his past and, you know, Mysterio's playing in on those things using, you know, special effects, which I thought was, that was a fantastic scene. Yeah. Um, If they're referring to that as horror, then that's a little bit disappointing. Mm -hmm. Um, I just know Doctor Strange can push that envelope. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they're planning to take Scarlet Witch and bring her into fruition in that universe, mm-hmm. I'm definitely excited to see that. But I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around, like, what is Disney and Marvel planning for mm-hmm. a horror MCU right. film? I'm afraid it might fall flat on that mm-hmm. on that note. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty skeptical of it. And I hate saying that because they have uh, Scott Derrickson doing it, who did the first movie. But before that, he had done... Uh, at least two that I know of, or a couple other horror films. He did The Exorcism of Emily Rose and Which Sinister. Yeah, they're good films. So I know he can do horror. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that Disney and Marvel will push that enough for something scary. I think more not not the film, but the adjective of like sinister or like dreadful, like Zach was saying earlier. Maybe more suspense. But it's still it's still gonna be PG thirteen. They're still gonna want as many people to see this as possible. So there's that's true. They're probably gonna bank on the word madness in terms of visual effects. And... Yeah, and I ho- I hope they do. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. I would love for Disney to just be like, hey, here's a, here's an R rated yeah. horror film that we just uh... let let these guys run run away with. But there's no way they're gonna do that. No, especially with the property like Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch too that are so popular right now and people have such a love for those characters. I think if it maybe were like a one-off of like a new character they're introducing, they could introduce that character that way, and I think that would be fine. Like how Deadpool kind of did its thing with the R rating. Um, yeah. That's fine. Also, Deadpool is just, you know, lends itself to R ratings, but that would be the only way I could see that happening. I Yeah, I think it's going to be bastardized a little bit. I think because I think it'll be cool. Like there will be some moments like in the original – uh, Doctor Strange, the the visual effects were crazy. Like, that was like blew my mind. Like the warping of time and space and stuff, very Inception esque. I like held my beer. I'm like, what's in? This? Yeah, <laughs> you know? was that is this Rufalo? Yeah, um, yeah. I I I'm excited to see that. I think that'll be cool, but I don't know that I particularly will find things creepy or scary. Uh, yeah. I think it'll be scary for like your average person who just doesn't, and that's not an insult. That's like those are people who probably don't go see horror movies, or like w- are okay with something like most of the Conjuring movies as of late. Well, maybe it's horror in the realm of what you see before you, the obscene, you know, something obscene. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think they're they're probably gonna bank on that. Yeah. But uh, I really hope it's a dark movie, dark colors, dark yeah. style. Yeah. And we see because they're they're starting it with WandaVision. Mm-hmm. WandaVision is actually the lead into Multiverse of Madness. Mm. And I've heard I've heard stuff that it's, you know, Wanda uses her powers to create a reality where her and Vision could be together and things are working. Mm. 
but you know imagine it's kind of this free fall effect right. where everything starts breaking at the surface and because yeah. of what wanda did doctor strange has to get in there that would be right. did y'all watch a uh, legion at all no on i want to i haven't i haven't watched it. fx not really worth your time but uh Ooh. I at least the halfway through the season, you can watch it for yourself, obviously. But there, it's a very similar idea because Legion's powers are kind of like nondescript. They're kind of everything, honestly. He kind of has all powers. Um, That's fun. As we're saying this, a Marvel fans like, no, I have the list right here. Um, but he goes into this like alternate reality that he created himself, like his mind reality almost, and um, he and his the girl that he wants to be with like the whole thing is that the girl can't touch anyone with her with any skin because they like switch brains basically like freaky friday kind of thing going on so he creates a new universe that they can live in and but as time goes on he kind of loses like his sense of reality and as time goes on like the 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 space that he created gets creepier and scarier and like more decrepit and disturbed and stuff because he's like i don't know kind of it's like this it's a cool thing it's like this seduction into like a a rabbit hole that you'll never escape from it's a cool idea i just don't think unless we're gonna see something like r-rated or or something akin to that that they can really delve into what that could be you know i think if disney is gonna go ahead and this is along the line of horror watching disney devour other companies Mm mm-hmm it's a real life horror. Um, <laughs> if they're going to be able to have all these properties, they have to be able to produce these R-rated films. Um, mm. We might not get it from the properties of Marvel, mm. but you know, I would hate to see something where like it's this, like you said, bastardized yeah. uh, routine. Yeah. Almost said religion. Whoops. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Hail Mickey, but <laughs> yeah. Um, so along the line of like comic books and stuff. I have been reading a lot of stuff this month where people are like, here's your, you know, here's a pull list for October, you know, spooky season, like horror comics. I wasn't really ever into that. But um, do you guys like, do you think that's possible in a comic as writers? Like, you know, you guys write through the medium of, of books and you've seen stuff, but do you think it's possible in comics? I've only personally gotten into something is killing the children, which I think is phenomenal. Um, and it's because it's not too comic booky. It feels like they took like a really well done Netflix show and they put it into a comic book. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. the pacing is great, and it's not just filled with text bubbles, mm-hmm. you know, which is a, a common plague of comic books. You know, yeah. explaining everything. Yeah. What do you guys think? I know there's some classics, but I haven't read them. Mm-hmm. You know, just talking comic books, comics, graphic novels. Um, stuff like that probably include manga with yeah them. probably manga. Yeah, yeah yeah they they can absolutely do horror in comic books yeah um, i feel like in manga for sure yeah they have in manga and zach and i'll probably get on that soapbox in a moment yes um but just Very just to so. your point about about specifically with comic books because comic books are panels and we're we just spent you know the last 20 minutes 20 minutes of whatever these people won't get back talking about like movies and they storyboard movies all the time and that's <laughs> all storyboards are they're just like giant comic books that probably aren't drawn as well yeah. so the comics are the same thing it's just a little bit more fleshed out and that that's the state that it'll be in mm-hmm. forever and you have yeah. you have the benefits of doing doing a visual medium and a written medium with that so it's 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 its own thing and 
I mean, there's there's pros and cons to every art form. So there's certainly things you can do with it that you couldn't do with writing and you couldn't do it with films. That's true. And I feel like uh, with manga, especially from what I've seen, because, you know, I've read I've only read My Hero, Dragon Ball Z or the whole Dragon Ball series, One Punch Man. But with those expressions you can make and the way that you can stylize the panels, like things that happen could appear more like, you know, out of the page in a sense as compared Mm -hmm. to you know with movies you know there's some people who have always done amazing with practical effects but i feel like when you're an artist and you're drawing that it could just be anything you want yeah yeah and uh you know they think and probably talk about this too because there's an artist an artist he draws his own stuff right i think so yeah sure he does all of it um he's an artist and and a, a writer of manga and we both like absolutely love him uh is junji ito which is this manga artist out of japan who what does he write horror horror um, manga pretty much exclusively i don't know if i've really seen anything else by him yeah but, i'm just aware of, of yeah that. but man uh i haven't seen i mean obviously we just talked about a bunch of creative projects like within movies and you know we could talk about books too but uh i reading i just read uzumaki by this guy who um basically uzumaki is the a spiral in japan that's just the shape of a spiral basically but taking like such a simple idea and blowing it up to be like this psychological horror that kind of literally spin like spins you dizzy like a like a spiral um but such creative ideas with like even like stuff that i don't like which is like gore um taking those and kind of making them super disturbing and a lot like honestly which is it's funny because the uh it's getting an anime adaptation i don't know when that's coming out um but the the trailer the music sounds so much like a midsummer like soundtrack to it and it's uh, like so interesting how those like because midsummer had so had a lot of gore too but stuff that i wasn't I, i don't think it was abhorrent to see i think it added to like the story and what it was doing um you know he's like pressing the limits on what horror can be and like just how absolutely just like i don't know like just the fucked up shit that he can <laughs> he can drill into your head um, and what is the name of it um that book is called uzumaki uzumaki okay yeah but you read what what other ones did you read I, I have read tomi and then i don't know what the proper pronunciation of this gyo i think gyo and i i have a a friend not zach zach and i aren't friends but a different friend who got (laughs) me into got me into these books um who has stressed to me because i tell him about i'm going through all of these and and their books their whole books they're like uh manga serials that were collected and my friend tells me he really doesn't do that he's mainly short stories so i haven't read a lot of what i understand to be his bread and butter Mm. uh but tomi was Tomi was good. I'll get into that in a moment. I'm going to start with Jayo because I have less to say about that. Jayo was... I'm not going to say what it's about. It's basically just really effed up science fiction in a way. And it's a horrific situation, but it doesn't fall too much into horror. Um, And I guess Tomi's kind of science fiction too. Tomi is about... Tomi is the name of a girl. And she's like... I don't know either. I think she's high school age, either high school or young college age. And that this isn't really a spoiler. It's never explained why this happens, but she's just this thing, this person, a force that will like, she will duplicate herself, not really at will, 
but if she gets like killed which happens often because horror manga or if she gets under stress she will duplicate so like every different chapter in the book is a different story of of a tomi it's never clear whether or not it's the same person just going out and sometimes unintentionally just screwing with people or people getting you know mulled over by this force that just shows up yeah. so that those are the other the other stuff that i read and i i echo zach's sentiment of just just the art and the the ideas he comes up with they're just it's it really is nightmare fuel and i hate using that phrase but that that's what it is and it's, it's astounding that he can come up with so much wow. of these i really have to check that out <laughs> you yeah. really should it, we'll have another podcast uh psychoanalyzing angel after we put him through all this torment yeah oh god yeah. don't don't read it in mixed company. Read it by yourself, because I opened that up in the airport and I was like, oh, "Okay, I'm gonna read this later." <laughs> it's it's graphic for sure. Gotcha. It is. It's graphic. in black and white. It is black and white. I know. Like that's crazy. Even in black and white, it's just so graphic. Yeah. You have to just. Yeah. I'm gonna read this later. Yeah. At church. What? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I've I've made that mistake. I've, I was reading The Exorcist throughout college, and I took that into into like the chapel here at school and that's I, I i opened i opened it up and started reading i made it like two sentences in and just nope never mind yeah we're gonna like why is bernie floating <laughs> okay anyways I, sorry can i just tell something i think is funny yeah um i was at i was at my my church one time and i have the like this giant collection of ap hp lovecraft stories mm -hmm. this is big thick book it's really uh easy to tell what i'm reading like there's no way to hide it because it's just blasted on on the cover and i was reading that in church once and somebody comes up to me and he sees me holding this this thick book and he's just like he's he's this older dude i've never talked to him before and he's just all right what are you reading and i, I just look at him and i just say lovecraft because i'm i'm a horror fan so i assume everybody knows that name and i don't know if he knew it or not but he just looks at me and goes good good and just walks away and it, all i could think was just if, even if he knew the name he clearly doesn't know what this what this guy writes and it's yeah. just it, it blew my just mind because that, you said lovecraft yeah ju just because i said lovecraft and it's like that's a name i recognize and it's like cool uh this is like sacrilege that i'm reading yeah. this here <laughs> but good i'm glad i have your why have you not set me approval. on fire <laughs> yeah <laughs> hang me upside down yeah well you know something that I would love to recommend to you guys. Of course, you know it's a comic. Well, two things. First is something is killing the children. If you could even get your hands on a copy, because that's a really hot book right now. Mm. The trade will probably be out in a few months at Barnes. So, you know, you can pick it up there or Amazon. And something that's been astounding to me is The Immortal Hulk. Mm. Marvel's basically taken The Incredible Hulk and made him something that you just cannot kill and it that's the scary part about it and mm -hmm. it gets into the life story of bruce banner mm -hmm. and how his father raised him mm -hmm. and i think it's a really mature story i think the art on it is mind-blowing mm -hmm. and i i mean i've never seen the hulk like this like he mm -hmm. is just grotesque disgusting mm -hmm. and the premise of it is that something so you know i'm sure you know this but bruce banner has several different hulks that he's been in contact with throughout his mm -hmm. marvel life which is what spending how many decades yeah across how many recons <laughs> all of them <laughs> um 
but there's a devil hulk that exists mm-hmm. in him and i think yo like it does get around the fourth volume it does get like really slow and lackluster with the writing but holy shit man i know comics have a stigma but you should really the coloring on it is great the art story all of it mm. it's just really good yeah very specific style and it all takes place in the midwest which adds mm. another flair to it yeah the, the scariest place on earth yeah 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 how much time left do we have on the podcast or is this like the wrap-up uh all the time about five minutes yeah, really. five minutes. yeah. Okay. don't worry I'll, I'll cut this little part out okay but yeah I do because I was, I kind of wanted to talk about like bad horror. Oh yeah, what, what you guys think of like just um, you you go see a horror film or you open a horror book and it just doesn't have it or doesn't cut it for you. And horror is very subjective, mm-hmm. so anything we say is probably somebody else's nightmare. Mm-hmm. But I, I was just curious what what you guys what you guys see as that um, like a failing of horror, I guess. I've just seen so much garbage with friends and family mm. that I swore off the genre for a while. And then I kept hearing you guys talk about stuff passing by in the offices. And I'm like, damn, I should go see that. Mm. Uh, there's one movie we saw together, Zach. It was... Don't Breathe. Yes. Yeah. That, movie was, like, right? that movie was not great, but... The turkey baster scene. Oh my god! <laughs> so what? What was it about? About that, or the things that you watched with your family? Like not even specific titles, but just what were what were the like collective points? All these things kept hitting that kind of turned you off. For me, it's a personal thing. I think the whole like teens in heat, you know, sexual drive, classic couple having sex gets killed, classic black person gets killed every movie just these like these tropes that don't matter or just are just overused um in all of these horror films that that i didn't like um the fact that if there were jump scares they'd happen one to three times because you know like zach said there's an allowance you get mm-hmm. of how many times you can you can do that that's why i yeah I think things that don't focus on the the crippling effect of reality and also what's dormant in our minds. And man, I don't get me started on cosmic horror because I think that is incredible. Cosmic horror. Speaking but of sub Lovecraft. Yeah. Things that are outside of that bubble just to feed the masses, I mm-hmm. don't yeah. I don't like. I could think of titles, but it's not coming up. Dude, there is a there's an old I think I mentioned it in the uh your other podcast but uh, i had another podcast yeah right no one knows about it no um, <laughs> uh there's a there's another uh movie i watched really young was eight-legged freaks i don't know if either uh, classic I've heard of it it's so bad and i need to watch it again just to get it but as a kid i like watched it i like ran the tape out i was like watched it so much and i had no idea why it's so it's such a b movie no one knows about it or if they do they're like man it was whatever. Yeah, but you connected with. I for some reason it just like really struck my fancy, and I was terrified of you know uh, spiders and stuff, and it was so kitschy. Like the music was like just picked from like the top rock hits of that day and just stuffed into a movie. But something about it was so enjoyable. I think sometimes I think I don't know maybe why you brought it up, but sometimes movies can be so bad that they're good, or like like B movies can be so awful yet you enjoy them so much, like. 
the new Hellboy was not a good movie, but I thoroughly enjoyed it and had a great time. And I think it sometimes you just need inter- entertainment. You don't need something to really say something. Sometimes horror movies can just be that. Like there's an old horror movie from the eighties, I think called house. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but the practical effects are beautiful and they're like super creepy and the stuff that they do, I don't really need it to say anything, the story to be like impactful in any way, but it was still like super entertaining and it was really inventive and you just have a blast and actually like, just, you know, let the jump scares kind of take you. Take you for a ride. Yeah. What about you, Nathan? That's why they work. Um. Yeah, I mean, an, an over-reliance on jump scares. That's the easy one. But even there are good horror films that use jump scares and use it well, so I don't want to rely on that. I don't think I have, like, a specific checklist of things, but I am going to give a specific film example because okay. it's like an anomaly to me Yeah. in terms of my feelings about it. The new Blair Witch that came out uh, in, 20, Ooh, in 2016. We've all seen this. Have, have, okay, so you've... Zach's yeah, I went. Okay, I went with Zach okay. actually. I was on his lap. Oh, that's right. That was the other one we saw together. Yeah, because Indira couldn't come. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah, my yeah. wife can't handle horror movies, not even a little bit. Yeah, bless her soul. Barely handled. Don't breathe. So, yeah, yeah. Oh my. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I can't blame her for that one. Oh, come on. <laughs> um, but just what I was gonna say about Blair Witch is, I don't think it's that successful of a horror film, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's all all that scary. Um, In co- so, did you like the first one? Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. Because um, it just has the the whole mythology of the thing. It's so vague, especially in the first film. They tell you nothing about it. And Blair Witch also tells you nothing about it, but it gets not cosmic, but I I want to... It's like neighboring cosmic in the sense of just none of this could happen. We have no explanations for any of this, mm-hmm. but shit just gets weird well yeah like, they're in that they're, they're in that like, bending forest. all sorts of laws of like yeah. reality and yeah. physics and it's i think i think that's why i like it and i'm fascinated same, with it in that same yeah in that sense and i i oh, like watching yeah. it it's not even like a begrudging watch i just yeah. don't think it's i think the horror doesn't work and i do think it's a lot of a lot of jump scares it does leave you wanting a little bit more and i think the composition of the movie is very like it's quiet. You're trying to figure out what's happening. It does set up the whole, like, we're alone in this forest. But even watching it, I, I felt the same way. I did love the very last scene. Mm-hmm. And that whole, you know, don't turn around, don't turn around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was great. But I do feel the same way. And I and I and trust me, I get it. Mm-hmm. And I think, if I can go on on this for, like, another 40 seconds. Yeah. Um, I think the the people who made the film knew what they're doing or they knew what they wanted to do because just mm. listening to the commentary there's parts where the writer has said like i knew what i'm doing here i'm not going to explain it but i had my reasons and they, they talk like everything you need to know is layered somewhere in the film and if i mean i i'm not sure if i believe that because yeah. it's easier once you know what you're doing to say oh that's where it is and it might not be yeah. obvious to somebody else that's so it's just it's a film i'm downfall. fascinated yeah. with and like genuinely not even like in a in like a bad way yeah. or like a why did this fail kind of way yeah. yeah but i feel the exact same way about that movie but i like the scares mm. but i the acting on like half of the cast's side is like horrible but the the scares are great 
they're fun to watch and the mythology is like just super interesting because you know nothing yeah you're just like this is like what are, is this like another dimension that we're seeing yeah like, and, you know and I, I think part of the reason i like it is because they don't explain anything and these things just happen yeah. so you can kind of ride on that thing of until somebody gives me just some nonsense reason i have to assume that there's an explanation where all of this stuff can fit in right and this works and it's just this puzzle that i kind of don't ever want to get solved because yeah. i think that's the fun yeah. of it yeah. and i've talked way too long about this one particular movie you're good man we've all seen it so i'm glad we were able to connect on that and i have vivid memory of it as well so just to wrap up what does horror mean to you in as in as few words as possible because you guys have invested in it you've put your time in it you've chosen to go down this path a path that sometimes you don't get much back on because of the abuse in hollywood <laughs> and other other mediums i think horror for me is uh an avenue to explore the darker side of reality Ooh. I like that. Um, I I think I said at the beginning. I'm not sure why I like horror more than I like anything else. But you're and there. I, I am there. I am there. It's just it's it's like Zach said. It's just it's a different side of everything. It's just a viewpoint you don't get from anywhere else or any other genre. Yeah. And um. Not rarely, but a lot of the time, things aren't really blended or twinge it's either horror or it's not so there's only one place to go for this kind of thing if you want that that angle on things or that element yeah it's true i i i go along with the trope of if there's light there must be dark and i think that horror completes the circle mm. for sure well guys it was great having you on i did want to share my pull list with you guys different books and comics but my local comic shop didn't get their shipments in this morning so i wasn't able to make it so there will be no polls for this episode but i'll post some stuff online on our social media stuff and um yeah if there's anything you guys want to recommend too i can add that on there as well just for listeners and people who see that post later on this week on your poll list yeah like you know maybe graphic novel or a book it doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be like currently ongoing Mm -hmm. it could just be something you want to submit you know, for this one episode since I wasn't ready. Thanks to my local comic shop. Uh, uh, I'm I, actually going there right now to throw some people through the window. Go, yeah, let them. Yeah. yeah. Angel's his own horror film. Yeah. Oh, God. His Every time I look in the mirror. Yeah. Um, I'll, give a, I'll give a shout out. I'm currently reading through the novel Psycho, uh, mm-hmm. the one based on the, the Hitchcock film by, shoot, Robert Block. I think B O B L O C H. Gotcha. So however you say that, and it's, I'm I'm eating it up. I started yesterday and I'm halfway through it, which is unreal for me. So it's, I don't know. That's my recommendation. Go read Psycho. Um, are we saying our recommendations, or is this something you post later? I don't care either one. Okay. Um, I need to get more into horror literature, honestly. But uh, I would get I would say two things. Go read The Ritual which is also a Netflix movie. I haven't read it yet, but I imagine it's pretty good. Um, the Ritual, and then anything by Junji Ito. Anything. So. Gotcha. Well, cool, guys. This was great. Hopefully we can have more with more time. But, uh, yeah. Yeah.
Thanks for having me. No problem.